Grace and peace are yours in abundance in your knowledge of God and your Savior, Jesus Christ. God's word comes to us from Paul's letter to the Christians in Philippi, where he writes, again, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This is God's word. Every time I pray for all you, I do it with joy. I can do this because of the partnership we've had. So writes the Apostle And it's this word partnership that I would like to focus on today. There are a couple of ways that it functions in our setting here today. There's the partnership between you, Chris, and St. Mark Lutheran Church. And there's the partnership that exists between us from this day forward as fellow pastors. Now, in both cases, it's not as if this partnership is just beginning. By God's design, we've been serving for a number of years together at this point. You and I have talked a lot of theology and practice, experienced band malfunctions in central Pennsylvania, visited giant golf tees in rural Illinois, and enjoyed some of the best barbecue St. Louis has to offer. Oh, and yes, the seminary stuff. But we've reached an important milestone today that is right to acknowledge. Today we celebrate the power of God's calling on your life, all of which gives us the chance to remember from God's word what this unique relationship between congregation and pastor consists of. A God-pleasing partnership in the good news. What does that look like? First of all, listen to the way Paul talks to the Philippian Christians. He thanks God for the memories that he has of them. He prays for them with joy. He sees God at work in them. This is a partnership built on love. It's a partnership born in Christ, and established through Christ. It's the partnership that develops when a handful of people recognize themselves as people who would be utterly lost without Jesus. In other words, sinners. But then we also share the same Savior when the Spirit points us to Him. Said a different way, none of us deserve heaven. All of us who trust in Jesus Receive it. Faith that trusts in Jesus' sacrifice and risen life also enables us to see Jesus at work in each other. Remember how Paul put it, I'm convinced that God who began this good work in you will carry it through to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. Recognizing the Lord of heaven and earth at work in us 
in others is where this partnership begins. Another thing that characterizes a true partnership in the gospel is when the partners play to their strengths and gladly accept their roles. And it's true, there are tasks that are peculiar to the pastoral office, and the pastoral office itself is God's idea. Paul told the elders in Ephesus, pay attention to yourselves and to the entire flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you guardians to feed the church of the Lord which he acquired with his own blood. Now you heard that, right? The good shepherd has given little shepherds, pastors, to his church to feed and to guard and part of being a good partner on the pastor's side means using this authority, this calling with great humility and, dare I say, a sanctified sense of humor. One of my favorite professors, Dr. James Bolhagen of Concordia Theological Seminary, once wrote about this, and I quote, After spending several months teaching the truths of God's word to an adult confirmation class, and demanding their undivided attention, it was inevitable that one of the newcomers to the Lutheran Church would ask, just how should I address you? My stock answer was, you can call me your holiness. <laughs> and after a brief flash of panic, in the questioner's eyes, a smile would creep across his face. And in a sense, a healthy pastoral relationship was established in that moment. The confirmand knew that when I was dealing with the business of word and sacrament, respect and ears open were essential. But my self-deprecation also led him to see a man who could play softball with him and strike out a man who had cars that stalled, who actually had a sense of humor, who got sick, who could say some mighty stupid things about the business world or gardening. Here was a man just like him. On one hand, I was always known to him as pastor. On the other hand, I was human and everything that goes along with that designation. End quote. Now, on the other side of that partnership is the congregation, the people, those gathered by God to this place. And you should rightly expect your pastor to be a servant to serve you with the gifts Christ has given his church. But that, in turn, will create in you the desire to be a servant as Jesus himself comes to make a home in you through that very word and sacrament. Part of the joy I'll even say part of the fun 
of being in that partnership as exploring together, pastor and people, what we can do to serve our neighbors best. Identifying strengths as a congregation, playing to those strengths, considering the scriptural advice of a pastor who loves you and has your best interest in mind, respecting the fact that your pastor will have to give an account of his ministry to the chief someday. You play a crucial part in that. This is serious stuff. It's also exciting. It's also energizing. And is just the sort of movement that I know Chris Ryan is passionate about. Now, I would be remiss if I did not also mention that a partnership in the gospel, since it's about the gospel, presumes that genuine forgiveness will be given and received between all parties. Forgiveness in Christ is what holds the partnership together. To quote Dr. Bullhagen again, the church is not a place where people are granted forgiveness only if they can first prove they don't need it. That is so good, I'll say it again. The church is not a place where people are granted forgiveness only if they can first prove that they don't need it. A partnership in the good news puts the good news to work. It lives the good news of Jesus' forgiveness. It has to, or the partnership will crumble. In a strange way, it's almost as if a partnership in Christ really hasn't started until someone does something wrong to the other. And then, repentance, forgiveness, and reconciliation is experienced. In other words, I know that I feel closest to the people who have forgiven me the most. Let's pledge today to make St. Mark a place where forgiveness is not just talked about. It's not just words. It's practiced. It's lived out in Jesus' name and in Jesus' power. Finally, Chris, with all the changes going on, all the uh, hopes, expectations you're dealing with, all the demands on your time, your partnership with your Lord Jesus is being tested. Especially on a day like this, we pastors are reminded of how utterly dependent on Jesus we are for the ability to answer this calling at all. And there is a tendency in those moments to wonder about 
will I be able to do this? When I find myself asking these questions, and I sure still do, I find great relief in these words. Not I, but Christ in me. This is what God is calling you to give to the people of St. Mark. You can't fix their problems. But Jesus can. You can't heal their diseases or their broken hearts. But Jesus can. Not I, but Christ in me. That's the partnership you have with Jesus, and I am convinced that God, who began this good work in you, will carry it through to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. Chris, I hope you have a sense of how thankful we are for you, for Kim, for your entire family, it's a true partnership God has created among us. He started it. He will complete it. Christ in us. Amen.